I, Charles the Fourth, or is it the Third? Bloody pain. We will strive for the denazification of the Let me put it to you. Yes, if you win by one, you've won. The throne went over the side. It is time to draw him I just think everyone should be sure. What the fuck is going on? Hello, I'm Mark Steele. Welcome to my podcast where each week I ask the question, I wonder what the fuck is going on? The Conservative Party has reached a point of clarity. Everything it says from now until the election is to make itself look like the common sense anti-woke party. So this week they've announced they want to abolish the 20 mile an hour speed limit because decent people are sick of elf and safety. In the old days, our parents were allowed to drive whatever speed they liked through schools. Six-year-olds would be drawing a flower, and then someone's dad would clatter into the desks in a Ford Escort Mark II. Everybody loved it. Some of the kids were in hospital for a while. <laughs> that was all part of growing up, wasn't it? To secure his image, Rishi will promise an end to other restrictive laws against the motorist. Every speed bump will be removed and put into the channel to stop the boats. It will lift the ban on landing an Apache helicopter gunship on the roof of a public library. And it will launch a bid for a Formula One Grand Prix to take place through a housing estate in Warsaw. And then they can start on other issues. At schools, instead of learning foreign languages by learning all the words and the tenses, kids will be taught the proper way to speak Spanish by going... I'm looking for the station. The state, the station. Foreign idiot. The station. Don't you know what a station is? The station. <laughs> Amigo. Jesus Christ, I don't know what a station is. Sunak's election leaflet will show him standing on a dead rhino with a rifle in his hand and Grant Shapps will tell Newsnight that he's spending his holiday on a hunting weekend firing at cyclists with a flamethrower in Sussex. The party's slogan will be You're not allowed to say nothing these days and at the press conference to launch their election campaign they'll announce they're reclaiming the letters L, G, B, T and Q and parade a llama, goat, badger, tortoise and a quantum physicist having asked Queen Camilla but she didn't return their call. And their manifesto will include a promise to place a 300% tax on vegetables and wind turbines will be uprooted and used for fanning flames of barbecues. The pork sausage will be considered holy and Penny Morden will be forced to say, in light of the recent photos in which I was seen eating avocado on toast, I have no choice but to offer my resignation. The bell of Big Ben will be replaced by Roy Chubby Brown, so every hour on the hour, instead of a bong, there'll be a joke about three Irishmen who go fishing, and their first party political broadcast will feature Rishi Sunak and Jacob Rees-Mogg doing shots in a Yates's wine lodge. Rishi will say, I remember when blokes were blokes and birds were birds. Ain't that right, Moggy? And Moggy will reply, Too right, as I always say down a boozer. If one can't differentiate between genders, how on earth does one describe a common noun in Latin? To wit, if the nominative singular of a second declension noun ends in a particular manner, the noun is clearly masculine. But not these days, Rishi, me old son. We need to get back to the old days. Record-breaking temperatures have been alarming people across the world this week 
especially this woman who I overheard in a cafe. Well, I heard Richard Maidley on Good Morning Britain talking about a heat wave in Europe. Apparently, they've got temperatures of 45 degrees, and I thought, well, lucky them. At least someone's getting a decent summer. I tried to have a barbecue the other day, and it rained all afternoon, and I'd gone to the butchers specially to get venison and guillemot sausages. Luckily, no one came anyway, because now that Colin and I are getting divorced, the traitorous little shits are taking his side. It's so transparent. If he wasn't head of marketing for Pringles across the whole of the Rygate area, he'd have no friends at all. Anyway, there's all this fuss about wildfires, but no one has any sympathy for me. Ever since Colin left, Nectarine's been setting fire to things. First of all, it was her violin, but that's because she's so talented she got bored of learning notes and they wouldn't let her play a concerto at the festival hall. And then the next thing I know, she set fire to the sofa. I said to the nanny, well, you can put that out. You're used to wildfires in Greece. She said, I'm Albanian. I said, oh, you silly girl, it's the same country. And she just started swearing at me in Albanian. And all the time she was arguing, the fire was getting worse and then when she did put it out I know she should poured water all over it so it was ruined I said well that will have to come out of your wages and she just stormed off shouting no wonder your husband left you but that's the trouble with people these days it's just me 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 excuse me could you barbecue these venison and guillemot sausages for me I've got 120 of them oh what the fuck is going on now there's never been anyone who's even got an inch along the way of finding out what the fuck is going on with our expert advice. And never has there been such expert advice as Michael Odewale, who joins me wow. now to to work out what the fuck is going on. Uh, One introduction, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, we've had all sorts on here. Professors of physics, all sorts of people. They don't know what the fuck is going on. I like to pride myself on my ignorance. So I feel like um, I'm, I'm a nice fit for this, this program. Yeah, th- well, that's very, very English. That's very English working class, isn't it? Ooh, you know, when I was a when I was a kid, I, you know, when I look back on it now, all the time, you, the worst thing you could be was somebody who knew stuff. Ooh, right? Ooh, at you knowing all the answers to the difficult questions, reading Ooh. books, reading, putting yeah. your hand up. <laughs> what, are you, what are you putting your hand up for? Well, yeah. About to say something. Well, don't put your hand up. It's no stuff. No. Is that what? Uh, I mean, obviously, we're different generations. Is that what? Did you find out at school? What, where did you go to school? I went to. Uh, I went to school in Rumford. Uh, right. School. Well, Chadwell Heath. Called Saint Edwards. Right. So, that, so I live in Dagenham. So that would be. Would that be a school where if you knew too much, it was trouble? Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I went to a private school for two years. All right. right, and then and then I got kicked out because I didn't have any money. Well, well not me, my my, my parents. So I was going to say, I wasn't... you expect to pay for this yourself? <laughs> <laughs> in them, the private school, you have to pay, you have to earn the money by playing snooker or dealing in porn. They had very high standards. They wanted to they wanted you to have a four hundred one k and everything in order to to get in. Um, but then, so I left then, and I went to this school in Romford, where yeah, knowledge was. Uh, uh, was was overrated, I think. It's more about street smarts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, you don't get many GCSEs for that, do you? No, you don't. There should be one, shouldn't there? There should be a GCSE for sort of being able to being able to handle yourself in the street. A GCSE for knowing how to find weed the quickest. <laughs> you know I mean, just it's like a it's a practical exam. Like they send everyone out. Yeah, and then you get a report. Michael has been very attentive in class, but does need to pay more attention to where to buy his weed. Yeah. 
Whoever gets ripped off, you bought, you, you spend how much on an eighth? You know what I mean? And, 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 um, class like that, that's real world skills, I think. Right, here we are. Then that makes you even more qualified than I thought to talk about. So here's something we've got to talk about. I, like, I sort of see, I sort of half follow what's going on with Donald Trump at oh, the moment. man. The man yeah. Myth. yeah. And I sort of think, oh, he's gone, isn't he? Or is it, but sort of he's lurking in the background. But there's a little bit of me that thinks, is he going to come back? A bit like some horrible great spider that you've seen run out of the door and into the garden. You think, I think it's gone. But some <laughs> crevice somewhere <laughs> to crawl back out of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I well, mean, I, I swear he's been, he's been indicted again mm. today. And I thought he already had indictments. Yeah. I didn't know you could have so many indictments. I thought there was an indictment limit. <laughs> He's just collected. That'd be good if you could only have like three and then you could, um, you know, so you could go, right, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get, I'll nick a car. <laughs> I'll burgle someone's house. I'll drive in a bus lane. And now I've got me three. So now I can go berserk with a machine gun in a shopping centre. And they can't. I mean, all oh, right, he's already got three. Because he's got about seven. What is the difference between seven and three? I mean, there's pretty, three is too many indictments. There's three indictments is probably three too many indictments for any person to have. Yeah, especially when they want to be president of the greatest superpower in human history. How fr- no, I'll tell you what is the question I should ask. How frightening do you think it is? Do you like, if he did come back, how terrible would that be? I mean,. It, it's it's really an indictment of the American people because I was I was watching just reading the article about they had like a, a little you know those uh, debates it wasn't even a debate all all the potential candidates they uh, come up primaries. and give a speech primaries yeah and Trump came out and he got the best reception again and it it it, it seems like he's just irresistible to his base so yes. even it sounds like the Republican Party wants to move on from him. Yeah. But they they really can't just because he's so um I don't know is it charismatic is he uh, would you say uh, he has charisma yes he definitely has charisma yeah yeah what what kind of charisma is it well I'll be honest it doesn't appeal to me mm. but uh, I think if you're if you're the sort of person who uh, who thinks yeah I like those people who think. Lawrence Fox has charisma, isn't there? Or, you know, Jeremy Clarkson or something has, well, you know, he probably does a bit. But but there's people, yeah. there's someone who's just willing to stand up in a room and go, what's all this bollocks? You're not allowed to say nothing anymore. Someone will go, oh, he's got charisma. He's the person who dares to say <laughs> what the rest of us are thinking. And uh, he does that to sort of white working class people. He does, I, I suppose, doesn't he? The way he sort of, even when he does that little dancey thing, you know, oh, yeah. He's, yeah, oh, he's a character, isn't he? You'd think that would wear out after all these years, though, but it still seems to have some uh, some appeal. I think it has an appeal, and a, a huge appeal, to, but not enough appeal for him to possibly win an election, but that's still 30 40% of adults in America, which is a, a little bit scary, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I I don't I don't know if he has enough uh, to win over the entire country because obviously he already lost the country mm. uh, at one point. But then you just think about Biden. Uh, I think that that that's probably a problem in itself in terms of if he if he dies, 
during the election, and then uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a, it's, a, it's a tough one. I don't think he can win the whole thing again. I don't think he'd be allowed to Trump. But it's but is it sort of is it that you know? Because then you could go, oh, he's just a crazy bloke, and it's does it really matter? And you know, Elliot says that sometimes. You know, he's he's just horrible. But you don't. Does it was it really any worse? But I don't know. Like what do what do people what do black British people think? Like, and I'm asking you now as the spokesperson for as the, as the leader of leader of today. Of them. But what um, I, of you know of like when Obama got in? Did that feel like a huge moment? I was 12 years old, Mark. Uh, I would have <laughs> asked the, the white kids at my private school what they thought about it. Probably <laughs> dead. <laughs> I don't think yeah. they were happy. <laughs> they weren't. Oh, they were all McCain. Oh, the love, love <laughs> bit of McCain. <laughs> but um, no, nah, I think obviously like when Obama came in, it was cool because Obama had good charisma. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? He seemed like positive. He was cool. The celebrities loved him. And he seemed like he was a nice guy as well. I mean, obviously, like people he drone bombed probably have different, you know, ideas. But um, yeah, but he'd do it with charisma, though. To be fair, exactly. You know, he didn't didn't brag about it. It was just like on on yeah. subtle. No, you know he just said something I had to do, and then he played basketball and you know, sing exactly. a bit of soul and stuff like that. Trump would like tweet about it before he's done it, like an hour before. <laughs> yeah. You guys got it coming. That's not, there's no class in that. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you know when you drone bomb someone, it's like tipping a waiter with a handshake. <laughs> Jeremy, don't 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 flash the money about. Just do it real subtle. You know what I mean? Put it in their pocket. They'll get home. They won't even know that they've been paid. Yeah, Trump's yeah, yeah. Trump's Trump's waving the bills about, letting everybody know how much he's tipping if he even tips at all. Do you know what I'm saying? That's how he bombs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that would be if he if he caught, if he bombed if he could drop a nuclear bomb somewhere and he'd be he'd make a big thing about bam da bam they'd be the place just flat and flat and a bammer would be much. Um, yeah. If Trump was Oppenheimer, it would be just a whole different type of movie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get into that. Oh, uh, after the first after the first day. Have you got it yet? <laughs> Have you built it yet? Uh, nice. We've only just started, Mister President. He I know the Japanese president. If you know what's coming, <laughs> <laughs> look, my mom is covering. He's telling them all the secrets of the bomb because he's so excited. Yeah, this yeah. plutonium that we've got. <laughs> if you had the plutonium, it's a beautiful element, great element, beautiful <laughs> element, lot of explosion, lot of radioactive. <laughs> now, something I've got to talk about. So, you do a very funny podcast. Uh, called mm. B-Tech Philosophers, with someone who listens to this podcast may also be familiar with, Mr. Elliot Steele. Yes. So what's the what's the idea of B-Tech Philosophers? Well, it, it started out as, I, I have an interest in philosophy. Uh, Elliot kind of does as well. And so uh, the whole idea is we'd get on the podcast and talk about certain philosophical uh, theories and apply it to our own lives, you know. So, for example, I like a bit of stoicism uh, or certain other ideologies, and we try and apply those policies to our own life. But now, a year later, we just we just chat shit about other comedians on there. Um, <laughs> I actually do genuinely think it's impossible to live life and not apply philosophy, whether you know it or not. I think it's just all around us, and but I I, I do think it's a helpful way to navigate life. Uh, Stoicism, right? I I really like that philosophy because it's all about 
control what's in your control. Right. Anything outside of that is is almost none of your business. You only focus on the very narrow things that you have power over. And that's, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that's very modern, isn't it? Because I think people who go to therapy uh, would... Uh, right, now, here's a thing. People, you may or may not... I don't know. Are you a cricket fan? No. But you'd be aware of Ben Stokes. I know Ben Stokes. Yeah. So Ben Stokes, some people uh, may know better than others. So earlier this year, when England were playing Australia in one of their series of matches, there was a sort of very crucial point where there was uh, an incident in which it was claimed that although England's, one of England's players was given out, which is a bad thing for England, uh, they were given out by the letter of the law. It was claimed that it wasn't the spirit of the game. And all the England players sort of were um, very cross about it. Ben Stokes didn't make any, take issue with it at all at the time on the field. He just ignored it and got on with his own thing. And he then went on to play amazingly and very nearly won against all the odds. Now, the reason I raise this is because in the interview afterwards, he was asked, why didn't you, uh, why didn't you join in the arguments at the time? And he said, I knew that it was beyond my control and it would disturb my efforts if I was to get embroiled in something that I, uh, where I just had to accept it had happened. And I thought, that's someone who's been to therapy. <laughs> that's, do you know what I mean? That's what people, you've got to just accept the things that aren't in your control. And that comes from stoicism, doesn't it? Was he being... Yeah, that, that's pretty much textbook stoicism. I mean, like, obviously, use an example like football. Ref gives a bad decision. You know, uh, players crowd around him. How it's very rare that ref is going to overturn his decision. So really, you're messing with your own head and your own concentration on the game. Yeah. Even though it's a natural reaction to be so incandescently mad at the referee that you're yeah, going to surround yeah. him. But you generally see those players are then thrown off when the game restarts because they've, they've lost their heads. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, what, what is in my control here? Okay, focusing on the game. I know I've got a bad decision. But let me just keep playing my game and not get thrown off by whatever's so it like it's one of those things where it's easier said than done, but it, it benefits you in the long term. That is why, if you look back in history, the Stoics won the uh, Athenian Premier League nine consecutive <laughs> years. <laughs> uh, Pythagoras's lot were fucking useless. They got relegated. They were no, no FFP back then. <laughs> they were they weren't hogging the gold coins. Yeah, well, it's like it's like you said about earlier about oh Ben Stokes must have gone to therapy. You know, a lot of people they can't afford uh, therapy, so it's like where do you find ways to sort of um, um, navigate your ways through life on the cheap? And I think using certain philosophical uh, 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 values or attributes can help you do that in a way. Do you know what I mean? Help you understand yeah, yeah, life yeah. and uh, understand your emotions a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I mean, I suppose attitudes towards faith, things like that as well. Because if all you do is you listen to it, whether you're religious or not, if all you do is you follow the, the, the priest um, mm. what they say about that. But if you can, if you look at it philosophically, even if it's someone who believes in God, someone like Descartes, then that's that's a different attitude, isn't it? Like when Descartes, for example, said, we can't, if, if someone lies to you, 
then you can never be certain, 100% certain that anything that person says again is true. That's that's something you can apply to your normal life, couldn't isn't it? For sure. Can I just say this chat has had more depth than the past six months of BCOP philosophers. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> well, this is what we need to get back to. I think we, this is what we've... <laughs> <laughs> Michael's been absolutely brilliant. So, BTEC philosophers, you could yeah. uh, with uh, with uh, with Elliot. Yeah, uh, and one of you... our favorite topics is to talk about how Elliot's a nepo baby, but mm. he's done so little with his nepotism <laughs> that it doesn't even <laughs> it doesn't even count anymore. Uh, he's actually yeah. neutral now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hardly like George Best's boy. <laughs> he was on Love Island or whatever it was. He's managed him to get. He's managed to get himself on a podcast <laughs> uh, and on two podcasts <laughs> and a slot at Banana Cabaret. <laughs> not close. It's not, it's, not, it's not quite George W. Bush, is it? <laughs> Mike Lodwani, thank you very much. I feel so much more confident about what the fuck is going on. Thanks for having me. You really put the world to rights. Yeah, yeah. Sort it now, isn't it? As you know, we like to get a wide range of views on this podcast. And so once again, it's time to hear from the master of gently teasing out opinions, Mike Concrete. Right. With us next is Jamal Reed. Uh, he's a former BMX bike champion, whatever that is. And he's going around the country promoting BMX courses in urban areas. <laughs> uh, what's all this about then, Jamal? Hello, Mike. Um, I should just say it's Jamal. Uh, but I know what BMX riding gave to me, uh, you know, a sense of purpose, goals, skills I never imagined. I've traveled all around Europe for competitions. You know, I, I really just want to encourage kids who are a bit lost. So these are the idiots who hold me up at traffic lights when I'm trying to get home. <laughs> no, 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 Mike. BMX racing is held on courses specially built, down slopes, designed for the bikes to literally take off, often downstairs. It's amazingly exciting, Mike. Well, what if I want to drive down a slope and take off and then drive down some stairs? I can't, because one of your cyclists is in my way as usual. I, I really don't think you could take a car around the BMX course, Mike. I bet they don't stop at the traffic lights on these courses. Cyclists never do. Oh, man. We don't have traffic lights. These bikes are going through the air 30 miles an hour. I don't think you've quite understood. I bet they don't pay road tax. <laughs> no, no, no. They're not on the road. It's a, it's a special course. You know, like the Wrecking Riders Club in Telford. A, a wonderful facility. And if I drive through the middle of you all and knock some of you off, it's my fault, I suppose. And Jeremy Vine will take a video of it and blame me. It's not on the road. BMX bikes are not in your way. All right, then. I'm going to join your course and turn up in a steamroller and squash you all. You won't let me do that, will you, Jamal? No, Mike, because a steamroller isn't a bike. Yes, it is. That's enough of that, idiot. I don't know how he thinks he can ride a bike. He can't even pronounce his own name. No wonder the England football team's suddenly full of women. Here's Jordan Henderson with today's flood warnings. Thank you so much to all those of you who are now supporting us on Patreon. It is because of you, wondrous, generous souls, that we can continue our quest to find out what the fuck is going on. If you would like to join these wonderful, virtuous, 
radiant people. The only people who care, basically, for as little as £2 a month. Just follow the link on our Twitter page or go to www.patreon.com and type in what the F is going on. And if you want to be in the elite hierarchy, the the Tiger Woods of people who know what the fuck is going on, for just £4 a month, you will get a longer ad-free version of the episode with extended interviews and bonus sketches. And this week, there's Lieutenant Colonel Sir Ambrose Chislehurst Axiomatic, and he'll be giving his views on the, the gloriousness of Her Late Majesty. Also, you will get the episodes on Friday nights, unlike everybody else who has to wait until Saturday morning, crawling and, and uh, being sick and full of anxiety, not knowing what the fuck is going on and making a mess of the carpet. So don't be like that. Go to www.patreon.com and type in what the F is going on to join the WTF community. So, podcastees, we have arrived at the time where you are entitled to listen to the announcements, the announcements that are the absolute underpinning of modern society. There is no way that a functioning world can can continue without regular announcements. And luckily, the rail service are at the forefront of this, not allowing you now to have a single moment of peace in between announcements. Uh, if you go into the co-op, there are announcements. There's an announcement every three or four seconds concerning three to two special offers on Viennese Worlds or something. Uh, there, there's, and so the announcements, you can't go anywhere now without announcements. If you go to the theatre, there will be an announcement that you've got to be really, really careful in the event of a flood because you might get eaten by a shark if or, or something. Um uh, here's some announcements about places I'm going to be. You can either see me uh, wandering around the, the street in the daytime, or you can buy a ticket and see me doing the show in the evening. Each of them is equally valid. I'm going to be uh, in Peterborough at the Key Theatre, Friday the 15th of September. Oh, I was there once. I got uh, finished early, and I went to see Peterborough's home match and was very entertained by the halftime entertainment in which you had to chip a ball into a skip. It was called Chip Into a Skip because a, a skip hire company was sponsoring the game. I believe Peterborough lost 3-2 after being 2-0 up. Loughborough Town Hall, that's on the 16th of September. Um, uh, there you are, the, the town hall. So if you get bored, you can nip out and maybe ask to see the minutes of the previous meeting. Uh, Evesham Town Hall, I know that's sold out. Chelmsford Theatre, 22nd of September, 22nd of September lovely Chelmsford in glorious Essex, uh, Shrewsbury on the 27th of September. Some people call it Shrewsbury. Some people call it Shrewsbury. There's uh, a clock that for about 35 years now has been five minutes slow. Basingstoke, the Haymarket. Basingstoke's got the, oh, Basingstoke's got the tallest building. There is no building as tall as the AA building between Basingstoke and New York. I'm selling this fucking show, aren't I? Hayes, the Beck Theatre. I don't know anything about Hayes. Aldershot. Ah, oh, <laughs> uh, the Princess Theatre, Saturday the 7th of October. Aldershot, there was an MP called Howarth, something Howarth, I believe, and he made a wonderful speech once where he said, because of Nepalese immigrants, there are lots of uh, people now in Aldershot, white English people in Aldershot, who can't get room on the bench in the local park because of all the Nepalese taking up our benches. You know what the Nepalese are like? They take up, although then they go into the 
like they go into the playground and they climb up the climbing frame because they like being high, don't they? All these Himalayan people, they like being up there. They take their yak up there. Kids can't get up on the climbing frame. Uh, other people might suggest putting in an extra bench, but, you know, that's not the answer, is it? Uh, Norwich Playhouse, 10th of October. Bakewell Town Hall, uh, 12th of October. Southport Comedy Festival on the 13th of October. There's loads more. Inverness, even Court, that's lovely. Um, if you don't, if you can't get into the one at Chelmsford in Essex, pop up to Inverness uh, and see me there. There's loads more, and, uh, and you'll be able to go. To, uh, you'll be able to go to any one of those. My computer's bloody gone down the plugger. So there's, there's a little bit of a jump there because the computer just went wrong, and I had to come out and sort it all out and get not sort it all out and like mend it. God forbid that I ever try to mend anyone's computer, uh, but that would <laughs> that God knows what damage I would do if I tried if I tried to mend one corner of someone's laptop I would imagine by that evening on the news they would say the uh, the army's computer system completely collapsed today uh military experts are are confounded they don't know where to invade <laughs> it all seems to stem from one particular laptop in Crystal Palace uh or, or it's Putin. We don't know which, but it was it. It'll be me. Uh, it's, the podcasts are very much in the spirit of the program that only people of a certain age will remember, called Nationwide, where this this poor presenter he would sort of have to do a little bit in the studio in London, and then he would go. Now we're going round our regions. Uh, first of all, over to uh, to Jonathan up in Leeds. What are people up there saying about this? Latest outrage. Well, we'll come back to Jonathan in a moment. So let's go down to to Brian in Taunton. Well, we're going to have to leave that item now, and that was that absolutely overjoyed me every night watching watching everything go wrong. Anyway, that's what it's like. Now I'm being paid back, karma. So, it has got to the time where uh, we answer people's questions. What a delight this is to be able to to give back to the community in this way. Stewie at Stuart S34779380 says, and Stewie, bear in mind that I am very, very much of the opinion that you are probably a bot from China. Good morning, says Stewie the bot. How effing long can the Tories keep blaming everything on the last Labour government? Anyway, I know what you mean. This is the process whereby somebody says uh, uh, there is now a, a housing shortage that is the worst in the whole history of the... Well, we, uh, we inherited from the Labour Party 13 years ago a terrible situation that we're still trying to put right and obviously that is what politicians do but when they've been in for so long they can't really do i suppose they could just say we inherited it from the labor party in 2021 and just claim that the labor government actually only disappeared oh 
Don't believe the Labour Party's lies when they say that they haven't been in office since 2010. Uh, There have been a number of Labour Prime Ministers, such as David Cameron, Theresa May, Boris Johnson and Liz Truss. And as a new Labour Prime Minister trying to take over from these appalling socialist people, uh, Rishi Sunak is doing a very job. But he's he's only been Prime Minister for nine months. We really can't. And there'd probably be a fair number of people that you could you could get away with that, I guess. <laughs> they just try it, don't they? So I think that's how long they can do it. Sue Barnard on Twitter says, The schools have only just finished for the summer holidays, but shops are already full of back-to-school displays. Let them have a bit of a summer break without being constantly reminded it will soon be over. It infuriated me when, it was a, when I was a child, she says, and it still does now. I, yeah, I'm with you on that, Sue, but then I'm probably not. You know, I would be quite happy if they said, you know what, we're actually not reopening the schools. I know that's probably, you know, I know the teaching unions might take issue with me on that. I know that there's a number of people in education who would say, no, I don't think abolishing school, but it wouldn't bother me. Oh, she's also sent, oh, God, she's also sent a picture of back to school. What are they? Just pencil cases. Oh, for fuck's sake, I agree with you. That'd be terrible. That'd be like if at the airport, you know, or at at railway stations, people are going on holiday and there were people selling back-to-work bags as you're going on holiday, as you're leaving work on the Friday to go off on two weeks holiday. If someone said, you know what will really make your holiday good is if I sell you a bag so that you can have all the things ready for when you go back to work. Ben Miller, one of our Patreon supporters, asked, what the fuck is going on with all these famous people writing children's books and why aren't you writing one, Mark? That's very uh, that's very kind. I might well be writing one. Um, uh, yeah, I'm sure so many people, this seems to be the... This seems to be the sort of root of something. I'm sure in the past, you know, Dostoevsky would have written one probably called, um, you know, uh, uh, or uh, Solzhenitsyn, My Little Gulag, or something like that. Maybe a little county one. Today, Mr. Solzhenitsyn was allowed to eat one raw potato. Then you turn it over and the little potato would pop up. Today, Mr. Solzhenitsyn was allowed to eat two frozen raw potatoes. Oh, it's marvellous. He's been able. <laughs> They've they've learnt to count. Someone who I think I'm told is writing, the latest person to write a book, children's book, is George Galloway, writing a book called The Very Imperialist Caterpillar. On Thursday, the very imperialist caterpillar invaded Indochina, sub-Saharan Africa, North Africa for its minerals, Central America for its fruit, and ports and access to seafaring lanes, both in the Atlantic and the Pacific. On Friday, I enjoy myself doing this. You know, there's going to come, there's going to come a day where I'm just doing this in an asylum, and people around me will be rocking backwards and forwards and shuffling about on their little gactol sort of adult feet, and I'll just be doing this in the corner, and they'll go, "He's the worst of them all." Now, we all know that it is not possible to find out what the fuck is going on unless you enlist the help of people who are almost 27 
and are currently in Edinburgh awaiting the start of the festival. That's the first rule of finding out what the fuck is going on. That's what Isaac Newton said in the preface to his book about the laws of motion. So it's lucky that I have with us Mr. Elliot Steele. Hello. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm all good. My now, you quite often when you talk to someone from uh, from Edinburgh, they're knackered and going, "Oh Christ, I can't. I just want to come home now." But that'd be quite worrying if you were saying that already because you've not. It's four days before, still two days before you start. Well, no, I start tomorrow. Oh, so tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a Thursday. We record this on a Wednesday. It goes out on a Saturday. So by the time people <laughs> listen to this, I, I'll be wanting to go home. <laughs> And uh, uh, so what's it what's it like this year? People always ask that, but it well, all depends on how you're doing, doesn't it? It's like asking someone, how, how's the FA Cup this year? As if it's the same for everyone, yeah. regardless of whether you've won it or got knocked out 3-0 at home to Stevenage in the first round. Yeah, um, it, it's looking all right, actually. Um, I've sold quite a, a fair bit of my tickets already, which is nice. People can buy more. Uh, or love and hate speech underbelly 955 every night, not the full teams. What a shameless little plug that was. And, uh, but it's like, you know, it's, it's looking busy and stuff. I think last year was difficult for people because it was the first proper year back. But before they did the first proper year back, they did this like mini fringe. And I know like ba- barely any comics went to it or people only went up and did a couple of nights and they all had a great time. I think everyone was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So they went and did it again, and everyone heard about how great it was. So everyone went up. And now this year, it was like last year was really shit for people. So not lots of people have come up, as in performers. So so every year, people think it's going to be like it was the previous year. And then as a result of that, it's the opposite of what it was. Yes. So every year, people go, it was fantastic last year because there was hardly any acts here, which means that people had to go and see shows even if they were terrible because it was the only yes. show on. Yeah, pretty much. What is, there's usually a poster that, I know when I went one year, there was a poster for the nude magicians. These, these magicians who did their whole act in the nude. I remember doing a, joke about it each night saying I think that's what we've been crying out for because too often when I see a magic show I think well, that, was, that was quite clever the thing with the rabbit and all that but I was just disappointed I couldn't see the bloke's knob oh my god right have I got a story for you <laughs> um, so Kai Humphreys one of, my, one of my best mates friend of the show we we get chatting there's this big fucking theatre cunt in, uh, in Lothbar one night right so he's walking around. So we get chatting to him and he's all like quite flamboyant. And we were like, what, what, what's your, sh- what are you doing? And he was like a show called Dixie. It's like Disney, but with dicks. And Kai starts going, ah, oh, oh, mate, I've always been watching the Jungle Book. and going, hey, it's missing something. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, for the entire fringe, every time we see this guy, we pick a different Disney film and start, start pretending like that they've got their cocks out during it, right? So like, how did you do it with cars? All things like that, like a bug's life. We're just doing everything. Right? <laughs> so on the last day of the fringe, I walked past the poster for it. And what he meant was, was Dixie spelt D-I-X-I-E. So like Disney, but instead of saying Disney, you say Dixie. That's what he meant. 
So a bit of so like a Confederate Jungle Book. No, 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 exactly. So we, for the entire fridge, <laughs> have been saying, we thought he meant that they got their, that they, the Disney films with yeah. their dicks. And not once did he correct us. So at not one point, at not one point did this guy go, what are you talking about? Why? Why would Despicable like, Me just, have all the monsters in it with their knobs out? Yeah, he just, he just went with the punches. Mm. It was just like a variety show. Oh, like right. a big camp variety show thing. And we'd, we'd all, all fringe just been there being like, oh, yeah, Toy Story. And then, but instead of landing on a, instead of like, instead of them landing on the truck, they land on a massive cock. Like, right. <laughs> all right. And I, yeah. And I'm thinking of a Dixie, a Toy Story, but where, uh, yeah, where Buzz Lightyear goes uh, to, re- to, to reimpose slavery and beyond. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the the little Bo Peep character snitches on an underground railroad that the little aliens are using to escape. <laughs> but yeah, so that that was that's like a thing that can happen in those bars at the bridge. You can meet all sort of varieties of people. And do you remember the fight you got in? What? I didn't get in a fight. We've heard that that guy. It was a nepo op between me and that James Cartwright guy. <laughs> oh right, yeah. No, no. Uh, well, I didn't get in a fight, but there was a, there was a, yeah, there was a definite disagreement because this bloke. Well, you tell it. It started off with crisps, didn't it? Yeah, he he put like, you know, like at a pub, like you just bring like some crisps mm. to the table and eat yeah. them. And he was on, he was on a table with uh, a group of comics who are with uh, the agency we're with. And also a few of the agents. Yes. I don't quite know how he was in our social circle, but I just assumed someone knew him. And he put some crisps on the table <laughs> and another comedian opened up the pack of crisps. He nipped out for a cigarette. We ate the crisps. Yeah. And then he came back and was like, who fucking ate my crisps? And <laughs> so started kicking off about the crisps. And I'm like 19. And I'm like, mate, it's like, it's like a pound 50. It's a pack of fucking crisps. I'm like, another pack of crisps. Jesus Christ. So I was like, no, I'm going out for a cigarette. Why don't you come with us? I'll, get, I'll have a cigarette. I'll get you some crisps. Calm the fuck down. He got up his crisps and he's been sound. And then he turned and tried to slap us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in an artist bar. In an artist yeah. bar, right? Yeah. So... I go, uh, I go to swing back on him, and uh, Matt, is it Matt? Tell Matt, uh, Matt, who uh, at the time was doing a show called Margaret Thatcher, Queen of Soho, yes. had to get in the middle of us. So in the middle of these two guys trying to fight was a uh, was uh, a drag queen dressed as Margaret Thatcher, <laughs> who the only just got off stage who was still doing the voice. Um, You've both got to be for turning. No, 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 whether no, you're yeah, ladies yeah, or well, not. Well, he would, he would do it like Margaret Thatcher, sort of oh, like I that. Oh, yes. like yes. yes. no, I see. Yes. No, I see. Yeah, yeah. So then... We will continue this fight and we will not stop until you have both left the building. That? So, yeah, so, so he got thrown out of the bar. The doorman who I knew came up to me and was like, look, I know he's in the wrong, but just out of like, just to keep it, I've got to ask you to leave as well. I was like, all right, cool. So I left. Me, you, everyone in our agency are like laughing about it the next day. We sat around in the same bar having a drink and we like Googled this guy, James Cartwright. Yeah. And then it turned out, it turned out he took a bloke's eye out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In a bar previously. Yeah, he, he, was, he was convicted of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Assault, so, then, yeah. so then it was like, you can't be letting this lunatic back into the bar. 
And then he, he got back into the bar one night and it all kicked off a little bit. But he was when in I, the archers. Is it the archers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the the epitome of like of Middle England. Da, 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 the absolute epitome of it. Um I've been rather worried. Some of the barley doesn't seem to be so doesn't seem to be growing in the usual fashion this week. I hope that doesn't mean that we uh, we have to cancel our holiday. Oh blimey, oh well. That and there playing someone in the archers is a bloke with a conviction for putting a bloke's eye out. Well, there's two sides to every story. <laughs> the sort of the archers. Can you imagine? Like some sketch that you would get at Edinburgh. Can you imagine if the archers meets the meet good fellas? Yeah. Uh, Ever since I was a boy, I wanted to be a. I, I wanted to drive a combine harvester. <laughs> Four hundred and twenty pounds of uh, barley moved every day through that farm, <laughs> and we were going to get every piece of it we could. <laughs> should we? Should we see if he's at the fringe this year, James Cartwright? James Cartwright is he at the fringe this year? Um. No, I don't think he. Ah, oh, I don't think he is. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Be? What a fun thing to look forward to that would have been. Oh, look at, I'm looking at his Instagram now. He's got he's got a kid and all of that stuff, and he's uh, no, uh, right. He seems to have changed his life a little bit. Right. He's got he's got all of that fitness sort of wank going on and all of that. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. I used to I used to glass people's eyes out because they were in the army, but now I've got to do some deadlifts and uh, I'm going to post a picture of me topless on a self discovery journey. <laughs> What a fucking cunt. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and, that, and that was this week's review of The Archers. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you've liked it, rate it. And if you can be bothered, write a review. If you can't be bothered, definitely write a review. Give up all your other activities. Abandon the family. Give up your work. Go and live on a cliff somewhere in Cornwall. Uh, like a 12th century monk and spend the rest of your life beautifully crafting a review with all that calligraphy and stuff they did. If there is anything at all that you think I should be finding out what the fuck is going on with it, please send me a message on Twitter at WTF is going on pod and we will look at every message that you send. If you would like to become a WTF supporter for as little as £2 a month to get early access to ad ad free programs and extended versions please visit our Patreon page. What the fuck is going on? Was hosted by me, Mark Steele, with my guests Michael Odewali and Elliot Steele. Voices by Sarah Alexander and Michael Odewali. It was written by Mark Steele and Pete Sinclair. The music was by Willie Dowling. It was produced by Mike Benwell at Carousel Studios. What the fuck is going on? Was brought to you by WTF Productions. 